The All Things Techie Podcast is a product of the Extreme Media Network. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie. That's X-T-R-E-M-E, media.ie. Audio visual from an Irish perspective. This is the All Things Techie Podcast. Yes, indeed, it is the All Things Techie Podcast. I'm Justin Dawson. Welcome along to episode 44, guys. Churning out these episodes. Hope you are keeping well. Thanks to everyone that voted for me in the AV Nation Reader's Choice Awards for 2020. Don't know what the results are yet. They will be out on the 8th of February, two days' time. It uh, was an absolute honour to be pitched against Chris in the finals, Chris Neto in the finals, who does so much for the AV industry. But if you voted for me, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we'll find out what the winner is in the next two days or so. So going to put it out of my mind. Going to have a great episode here. We have for episode 44, we are talking to some new, well, not new, but some AV professionals that are in the Irish AV industry. Tomás McKeown, uh, McOwen rather, you would know from the McKeown group if you uh, have dealings with AV professionals in Ireland. So there's a McKeown Technologies, then they became Hearworks. And Tomás joined me under the spotlight to tell me how he got involved with the audiovisual industry and how the Hearworks was set up. Episode 44 of the All Things Techie podcast. Lead me through the story. Where did you first begin in the world of audiovisual? Or was it always like we, some people hear the McKeown Group and say that it's engineering. So is it an yeah. engineering background for yourself? Yeah, yeah. Well, I could, I could start even further back. So I suppose McKeown Group um, originated in 1950, actually family companies with my, my grandfather. Um, so purely as a building contractor um, and a main contractor all through the years. Um, my father took over in uh, 79. And um, and then I suppose we, I grew up, I grew up with McKeown Group. Uh, of course, was never allowed to sit still, whatever. Um, but... I studied actually telecommunications engineering in DCU, which is I suppose a division of the electronic engineering um, degree in there. And I always had a grow for all things network and all all things wireless. Um, so I fell into uh, I fell into ma- mainly RF engineering, and um, okay. so I would have done uh, a lot with uh, uh, internet service providers over the year years. Um, I founded. Uh, uh, Founded one called Life Broadband back in back actually in college and we spun it up out of college and um, sold out of that in 2006. And at that stage, um, we were looking at setting up something new and uh, we decided to set it up within McKeown Group. Um, and that's when I suppose at the time it was called McKeown Technology was born. Uh, well, it spun actually spun through a couple of names it was Keel Telecommunications, um, and we were. Pre- primarily looking at the telecoms and end of things. Within about a year, we fell into the audiovisual automation. So by 2008, um, we, we, I suppose, the, the audiovisual division, I suppose, as it's now become, uh, was born. And yeah, we started small. It was myself, myself, uh, myself and Michael, and then a crew from there. Um, and I suppose since 
since about 2013, we, we expanded pretty rapidly. So um, in, and exactly for, for the reasons you said there, um, you know, people confuse the brands and say, well, McKeown's, are they, are they the builders? Um, in the noughties as well, around the same time as we set, set up Hearworks, we, uh, we set up a mechanical and electrical division. So they all work independently within McKeown's. Um, and then in November 2019, which seems like yesterday in one way, but actually uh, a year and a half ago, we decided to rebrand and that's where Heroworks was born. And it was basically, the, I suppose the main reason was that I suppose the technology division of McKeown's had grown so, so much um, that it, even in our marketing materials, it was very hard to have one LinkedIn site or one uh, you know, Twitter feed or whatever and talk about the two brands. We can talk about technology all day, um, but it's a very different audience to, to the kind of tried and trusted um, uh, you know, 70-year-old brand that is McKeown Group. Absolutely. Yeah. It was about time that they needed to yeah. it, it break away and, and freedom from the McKeown Group. And, and we actually did, you know, one of the other reasons was we changed the name um, because we were, we were at one stage, we were just saying, well, let's just call it McKeown Technology and create a new website and new whatever. But uh, we started doing a lot of work um, outside of Ireland and uh, people outside of Ireland can't pronounce uh, McKeown. So he gave them McKeown. Yeah, I, I, I imagine even the Mac Owen and, and stuff like that from, from yeah. your name. And <laughs> yeah, well, I'm Tomas Mac Owen, yes. I'm well there, obviously, but um, the company was always McKeown, so uh, yeah, people get awful confused. So, um, so here works, yeah. I mean, I mean we, we, we love the name, we love the name, and it, it, I suppose it went through various different guises, you know yourself. And uh, I think I think I love the brand. I have to say, my brand, everyone, everyone involved in it. It's not it's, it's not a, it's not my doing. So you guys are based in Ashbourne, County Meath, yeah. right? yeah. So and and it's always been from that area. So I, I want to rewind back. It's like you're talking about the beginnings of broadband and the beginnings of the internet, nearly. <laughs> from the times where you were stunning. Did you even have internet access properly down in Ashburn? No, it's funny now, and I'm I'm actually, well, actually originally believe it, McKeown was based in Ashburn, then Swords, uh, sorry, in uh, Artane, then Swords, then Ashburn. Um, but I actually, further out, where, where I'm from, is actually further out, out in, the, in the sticks, um, in, in Dublin, but between, between Ashburn and Swords. And that's uh, that's kind of how I got into the, the the wireless broadband game as well. We were we were looking at uh, we were looking at solutions. We've seen the opportunity in 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 kind of more rural areas. Um, and but, but I mean at that stage, Ashburn, yeah, had no broadband. Um, even parts of Swords had no broadband. So like I mean as well, rural wasn't uh, you you know applied to a lot of places at that stage. So. Yeah, it was uh, that was fun. I have to say, I really enjoyed enjoyed that. Well, I, I have to say, we're only after getting. I live in Lusk, and we're only after getting the fiber broadband to our houses. Yeah, during during this pandemic, and pretty much in the summer, we had the air bands driving around, or the contractors for air putting in the the broadband, the, the fiber lines. So I think eventually I'll upgrade. Upgrade to fiber, but uh, expensive though. It is a, like it, it, the problem is because it's new in a lot of areas. It is very expensive still to keep the get the broadband and yeah, fiber broadband. Yeah. Uh, to look, I mean, it's a 
it's a sparsely populated country in a lot of ways and you know you see the national bro uh, the, the, the broadband uh, rollout and they, they'll get there but i mean it's, it's a tall order it's a tall order um to be well, fair. Uh, well put on your hat there and your 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 networking hat mm. and just, some people say go off and get yourself a 5g phone yeah and you know get yourself a a, a good package you know even if you went on the three packages where it allows unlimited data and just tether your phone and you get probably quicker speeds than you get the 100 meg that are in a lot of these. Yeah, I'm, and look, if, if you're lucky enough to be in one of those coverage areas and, and you know, there's not, there's, you can get that speeds, absolute no-brainer. Um, one thing I do think they overlooked in, in, in the national uh, uh, rollout plans and again, this is probably getting political here, <laughs> and it's not my intention. But they could have been done rapidly with, there's a lot of small internet service providers around the country um, that serve local areas. It might be a county or it might be, you know, a couple of big towns. And I think there was an opportunity there to deliver, deliver the high-speed network by using fixed wireless um, and providing, you know, grants to these smaller firms. I know it would have been very hard to manage, and obviously, you'd have to have um, you would have to have certain, you know, uh, SLAs, etc. Um, but I think there was a missed opportunity there to get it rolled out a lot quicker. If you know, yeah. what I mean. if, uh, if everyone was reading off the same hymn sheet and mm -hmm. uh, like you say, the same SLAs, yeah, it could have been done a hell of a lot quicker than what what it's been done. Let's let's rewind back to the McKeown Group and Hearworks. Yeah, family-run business. Mm -hmm. Surely a family-run business brings a lot of tension and arguments. Like, yeah. well, we're third generation now, and partnerships. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting dynamic. Luckily, we are very lucky. I mean, in um, executive roles with myself and uh, my sister Kleena, and um, I suppose I, I, I don't know if I do the short straw, the long straw, um, to, to become managing director, but um, I couldn't do it, I have to say. Um, you know, she, you know, I, I, I can get very worked up about things and clean it, calm me down and whatever. So um, I have to say now, I couldn't, couldn't do it with that. Um, we do have other family members involved in the background. But we're very lucky we get we get on and we're able to kind of separate work and work and pleasure. Um, we 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 do work on it a lot. Like we work with the Centre for Family Business. Um, uh, we work with AIB um, uh, on their uh, they they have a kind of a family business peer group, etc. So we we take a lot of guidance from from uh, international guidance from from the likes of those groups to see like. What, you know how do we plan for the next generation because while we get on it could be when we're you know our intention would be to pass it on to the next generation in time and that's that's apparently when uh, when trouble can really brew so uh yeah we're trying to be as forward thinking as possible you but, mentioned uh, your wife never went down the route of joining you in in this clan would you say any of your sons or daughters have an interest in the audiovisual end of things yeah, um, I uh, particularly actually our, our, my youngest is three, and she she says she's always going she's going she's going to work for Hearworks. So um, <laughs> you know, one of them wants to be wants to be a guard, and uh, Mossy. Yeah, I think I, I could see Mossy on the construction side of things. Yeah, um, well, like you probably like me. Like I I just have my studio in here, and I have my compressor and limiter. 
at a height which is perfect for three-year-olds to press every button, you know? <laughs> so when I'm doing Zoom calls throughout the day for work, I, I notice like people go, we can't hear you, we can't hear you. And I have to look down and go, oh, he's turned it off again. <laughs> so I, I may need, need to do, just do a bit of a rejigging in my office. But uh, yeah, though, I, I can imagine that your th little three-year-old daughter is the apple of daddy's eye. And oh, absolutely, absolutely. She gets, that, she gets away with murder, yeah. The youngest always gets away with murder. I was the yeah. youngest, so I, I can tell you that as well. Um, so with, with that in mind, Let's bring. A, do you do you do much with the public sector? You said, you mentioned some private sector. Do you do with higher education? Uh, yeah, we do. We do a lot. Of, uh, we do a lot of third level, third level education. Um, so we work with the likes of uh, TCU, Griffith College, um, and then yeah, we get involved with a couple of different, um, couple of different the, the agencies as well, like TAI. Um, as a group, we actually would try and kind of balance, uh, have, a, have a good, healthy balance of public and private. Um, you know, there's, there's a perception out there that the private can be can be very uh, uh, profitable and the public not so much. But um, I've worked lot, out scales, so I, yeah, I can... and there's a lot less risk with the uh, with, with with the with the public stuff as well. So um, you know, a nice balance in there is, is important. But I always think like from going from a very financial firm to a, a public sector environment, I can, I can, I always feel for the guys that come in and like want to show us all the latest tech. And it's like, that's really nice tech. But, you know, the likelihood of me having that type of budget is very slim. To know. <laughs> but then, I mean, you see, I mean, you see what third level institutions are doing at the moment. And they're, they're, uh, you know, they're so forward thinking and, uh, you know, there's a lot, and especially now with the uh, with the pandemic as well, and everything has to shift shift online. I mean, uh, it's a long time. I mean, when we when we started out first, you know, doing AV back in 2018, you know, it was replacing bulbs, replacing damaged VGA cables. You know, that's all the colleges were doing. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, you see full rollers, laser projectors, interactive screens, all fully managed on a you know the fusion servers, etc. So really. I think they've come a lot closer to, 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 to the to the corporate sector and maybe exceeded them in some in some cases. Well certainly the wrecking ball has come in to all of the higher eds and the third level ed educations here in Ireland, especially when everyone has to be taught from home. Um do you do you do you do much with primary or secondary skills then or is it just really not really, no, 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 no um not really now over the years, no, no. Yeah. So, but I, I just have experienced that more and more. It's gone to Zoom. People, we have a lot of clinical skills labs and even going across other universities with clinical skills labs where they need to have the way to stream if we're going to go down this hybrid approach in third level education, which I don't, I think anyone is wearing a blindfold if they don't realize that you have to offer this hybrid approach in case there's another pandemic. Um, so I guess video over IP is asked for a lot now. Yeah, and these, you know, and even actually just, you know, before the pandemic, even we were seeing it as well, where, you know, colleges wanted overflow rooms, wanted to be able to broadcast it, um, maybe not necessarily stream it online, but just actually expand it into another room and then have the flexibility maybe to only have one tutor so that there was a way of, 
getting two-way communication back from that remote classroom as well. Um, and then you see, you know, streaming platform, but also the likes of Zoom, you know, getting used more and more, more in education. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot, a lot of options out there now. So are you, are you partnering more on the Zoom end of things or would you go across with Microsoft Teams and be supporting both? Uh, in education, we're seeing more and more of Zoom, um, but corporate, corporate, we're seeing uh, probably more more Teams. Um, so we use a lot of the, um, the Flex stuff with Crestron. Um, and then, you know, you get, get so, so many different applications there. Uh, hardware applications for for zoom zoom rooms and all that kind of stuff and then we see a lot of google um uh, yeah google, still uh, google as well in corporate as well so um yeah i mean there's a good people people have their favorites um and uh yeah i mean most of them are pretty mature at this stage so um yeah it's good it's good to see nope. the back of skype i have to say <laughs> well, like, I, I i've had I, I don't know if you listened to some of my past episodes i just I've just veered away from Teams a lot because it's a progression of Skype. Skype mm. just as Microsoft Teams. And I remember two years ago going around ISE and just every second booth was, oh, look at our new product. It's with Skype for Business. Like, I don't use Skype for Business. Bye. You know, mm. I just, like, yeah. at least now, if anyone went to ISE, whenever ISE takes place again, question mark, will it happen in Spain? Oh. It'll not be in two weeks' time anyway. It won't be two weeks. Next week, but it'll normally be next week. Yeah. It's usually normally next week. Yeah. Like it's so sad. Like I, I, I do. I don't know about you, but I do miss the networking and the camaraderie of going around all the booths and Mm -hmm. seeing people that you're friends with on, on social media and forums and stuff like that again. Like if you didn't turn up at ISE, people think you were dead. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. What's going on? But I, will it actually happen in Spain? In I, I, yeah, and in Spain, that that'd be a different dynamic. I mean, you kind of, you kind of nearly know Amsterdam like the back of your hand there, you know, you know where everything is, you know, the hall, you know, the, you know, the bars, restaurants. Uh, it's going to be a difference. I mean, hopefully, do get back to Barcelona now to do that. It'll be interesting. I, I, to be honest, I really struggled to see how it can happen this summer, especially when the Spanish government was nearly banning English flights into Spain for the whole summer long. Well, that's all the English population going gone or professionals gone from getting over there. I don't know. Maybe can it can it go ahead? I don't know. Well, it, I, I, what in the next couple of months is going to be very interesting. What comes yeah. out? From yeah, there. I believe they're going all about running it um, yeah. in the summer. So uh, I can't see it to be honest. But who knows? Talking about yourselves and hereworks yeah have you had to do a lot of adaption like first of all before i ask that question how many employees would you have with hereworks now um in hereworks direct i'd say there's about we've we've 85 i think across the group Um, i'd say about 35 in in hereworks yeah and and uh, you're doing north and south then of ireland yeah we do north so we do we do we're actually doing a job in paris at the moment um uh we're uh, due to the uk we've, uh, so we've worked around europe as well but uh, primarily primarily in, in the ireland of ireland we have a job in belfast at the moment too as well so and have you have you had to adapt with with now maybe m- most of your jobs are installed but like you look at some of the other companies in ireland that do installs do live events as well 
I don't think you really ever went down the live event. Really. No, we didn't go down the live events or the hire uh, that that end of things. So I suppose it's primarily uh, uh, fixed installations and then uh, uh, service level agreements then thereafter. So we would have a number of people embedded in in different organisations as well, um, which is great because you know you build that you, you build that partnership then, uh, and, and you know I suppose we're we're. We always say you, you, you touch back on our, our roots there and our core values, I suppose, through the years have always remained the same. Um, and obviously they're centered around client commitment, but integrity um, is, is very important to us. We'll always be as transparent and open, open with our customers. And, and I think all our decisions are made with that in mind. Um, and one of our other core values is innovation. So in terms of adapting, yeah, we did big time. But we, I mean, we were very, first of all, we we're very lucky because our team adapted so quickly and you know we were asking a lot of people because in the, you know in the first lockdown we, we didn't know what was happening uh, like everyone else but you know our guys just took 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 to remote working where possible uh, unfortunately some people had to be put on on uh, on the temporary leave or the the pop or whatever it's called it's called now um and then we had some emergency work, so we were putting people, you know, you were putting people kind of in danger as well with the job up in Belfast at the time when the when the numbers were crazy in comparison to us here in Belfast. It's, I suppose it's gone the other way now, but um, you know, you're asking a lot of people. Um, I just have to say hats off to all the lads because they're an absolutely incredible group, and I think that's what make makes here work. Some what we are, and I suppose. Um, I do have to say a huge, huge thanks to them. But we just before, I suppose, back actually probably about two years ago now, we um, we started on an, in an R and D project that we called um, uh, the HeroWorks Happy Platform. Mm. So we talked about HeroWorks Happy Buildings, um, and what that is is it's our own um, it's our own software as a service model, uh, our product for human centric uh, smart buildings. So we started that, I suppose, it was incepted back in um, probably August of 2019. Mm -hmm. So when the lockdown came, we were able to start a fast, fast track development in that. Um, so we, we, put, we put a lot of our lads at that. Um, we actually we hired a new, new CTO um, through that as well for, for, that, for that project. And um, yeah, I think the pandemic helped push that along. Um, so we're aiming for a minimum viable project uh, product for uh, uh, July of this year. Uh, so I'm really excited now to see how, how that turns out because it's, uh, I suppose it's, it, 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 again, it's a credit to what the lad, lads did over there. I, I, I was looking at Hearworks mm. site um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe even longer. Um, when when you did, I noticed the change of name. You're mm -hmm. offering a lot more as a service platform and being able to nearly be once you've put the system in place, you can do it more remotely than than previous. Yeah, I mean, I suppose just I mean, we don't really call ourselves an audiovisual company. We call ourselves a technology company. So we're all about and I suppose speaking from the background I came from, which was. And the networking, IP networking. We, I came into this game probably from a different 
angle than a lot of our competitors, you know, came from, you know, traditional audiovisual, um, analog, uh, through the digital, et cetera. Whereas I came from the convert, you know, from the network, used the converged networks, used the IP networks. Um, so I suppose, I think that actually was a lot of the catalyst for our success in, in, in the, I suppose, the early stage of, uh, you know, 2012, 2013, 2014 on, because we had that language and we, we knew how to converge, converge networks. And um, so we've continued that, that guys. So, every, you know, we're not just about audiovisual, more so about that whole um, smart building solution. Um, and actually getting all the data to talk to one another. And we talk now about our, I mean, our latest offering to the market now is as a master systems integrator. And um, so that's working actually alongside a main contractor to make sure that all the different specialist contractors in the building, be it the, the BMS guys from the, the ventilation side, uh, heat and ventilation side of things, the um, mechanical contractors, the electrical contractors, the guys doing the AV, the guys doing the, you know, the people counting the space analytics, that all that data is converged into one platform can be easily accessed by, by, um, by building management, but also that the building actually adapts to the requirements of the user. And that's why we talk about human-centric. And that's why we- and Just going back on that, that, this is gonna be your own software that's and platform that's on it. So yeah. I guess in that regard, you're not aiming down the big names like the Crestrons, the Extron touch panels. You're going more with, I guess, an Android approach, is it? We will, inter we will integrate, we will integrate with, with, with any systems. Because our platform is, is, is the brains of the system. So it will have a companion app. Um, you know, it's on the app, you'll be able to see, uh, you'll be able to see how building is performing, but more so you'll be able to interact with the building. So what is it that, what, what is it that you need from your building? You need, a, you need a desk. So it's from the app, that's where you book your desk. But the app will know, um, first of all, that Justin, you know, works in this team. And um, he, uh, you know, he likes being about about people. He likes the company where it's most, you know, he prefers a quieter spot. He prefers the temperature degree less. So I'll sit him over here. So that the building is, is constantly learning. So you're getting all this data that you have, that we already have as, as technology integrators on the building, but they're just not joined. The docs aren't joined. So now you, you start to respond to the actual actual user. Um, we've also developed uh, uh, a score, and this is kind of the heart the heart of the HeroWorks Happiness platform is the HeroWorks Happiness score. So we take all this data and we come up with one percentage for the building, and that is how happy the building is, or how it's a representation of the wellness of the occupants of that building. And what we can start to see is we 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 pile level. Uh, I suppose the high level categories there are things like the external environments, with the rainy, is it wet, is it windy, and um, the internal environment, what's the temperature, what's the CO2 levels, what's the particulates matter, and um, you have things then like, you know, is there any IT downtime, uh, what's the energy usage, all this, that all plays into the score. But if we can then start looking at trends, we can see, well, how come today was happier than yesterday? And how, what's going to happen tomorrow? And that's what really starts to get interesting. Mm. Um, can we predict tomorrow's score with a bit of machine learning? And we can. And we know we know that happiness is affected by traffic, you know, by commute times, by uh, the weather, by you know being too cold or too hot in one corner of the building. Um, 
but the system again constantly learns and no two buildings are the same. So a building in Dubai might be concerned with the air conditioning, a building in Dublin might be more concerned about the, the, the bus timetable or whatever. So the system constantly learns from the people and from the people learning. But so it, that's, what, that's the idea, yeah. When you talk about sparse buildings like that, you could put this platform in anywhere in the world if you have if you have the yeah. staff to put it in. Yeah. It's yeah, well, I mean, as I say, we've rapid deployment sensors as well uh, in, in development so that we can actually just pop uh, sensors, sensors around the building. Um, some of it is a bit, you know, we have to interact with BMS systems, etc. So uh, depending on the level of integration uh, you, you want, um, it can be done pretty quickly. Um, so, yeah, that's the idea I to create a software as a service platform rather than being you know, stuck to hardware and physical installations, etc. Yeah, I can see where once people get back into buildings, how this could be actually quite big for you guys. I say it's at the moment is a sit and wait, sitting duck and wait to see. Like we all know that there's going to be a bigger push for working from home yeah. and. Do you think this is going to impact what you're doing? How yeah, well, funny. I mean, obviously, we started this pre-COVID, but then when we started it, COVID ticked a lot of the boxes because of the, you know, hot desks and locking out hot desks. It's just a bus that desk, so I can't hook one within two meters of it. But maybe next week, it's a meter. You know, things rules change. Um, so ticked all those boxes. Our space analytics is, is, is part of it, so we know how many people are in the building, you know, where they are. So those tick boxes. But then we started to think exactly that. How do we connect the home worker? We don't want an us and them that we have this happiness score for people who are who are you know are in the building. We know how happy they are, um, but how do we connect to possibly half the workforce being being at home? So that's that's coming in the in the next iteration as well. But it's all about um, it's all about engaging 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 the. Uh, well, I, I personally, and I've been saying it since the very beginning of this pandemic, I see more and more buildings handing back property across Dublin and more of these setups where you don't have to be one company. It's a virtual, virtual is the wrong word, but one of these hot test scenarios where, you know, so one of these companies might approach a bank, a financial firm, a university and say, hey, we have some... You, you have employees living in Lusk. Well, we have a place in Balbriggan that can hold 40 or 50 people, just rent a space, rent a desk, have your own privacy, and off you go if you need the speed and you need... Yeah, uh, yeah so definitely, and certainly in the, in, the, uh, in the regions, I think there's a huge opportunity for, you know, remote working homes. And, and not in the sense that we've kind of seen already where you kind of have these community-based, you know, hot desks and it's in a hall that's been converted and there's a couple of tables and whatever. You know, people are going to want the, the high-quality civic centre-like experience within the regions. And if you're, you know, if you take the Facebooks, the Googles, the, the PWCs, etc., you know, they're going to want their own space. So they're, they're not going to want open desks. But they want it flexible. So, you know, you see, it's kind of like the WeWork model, but in the regions, uh, I think hugely. Will will everyone give their space back in the city centre? I, I don't think so. I think the spaces will change. Um, uh, my prediction there is that, you know, th those spaces will be used more for meetings, collaboration, 
to be less desks, definitely. Um, but I think, you know, I mean, I even see in some of the some of the, the buildings we're working in the moment at the moment now in the in the in the high tech in the high tech industry, they had already kind of started shifting towards that. You know, you have these huddle space, these homely spaces, and um, these floors dedicated to hospitality, etc. So I think that's more what's going to happen. I don't think there's going to be a glut of uh, stuff coming back in the market. Um, there probably is a bit of oversupply, all right. Uh, and we, you know, we have the, the panic in the media there about, about Google, but Google are doing plenty else in, 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 in Dublin at the moment. You know, and there wasn't, everyone was expecting this fallout after I, that. Yeah, but they, they, if you take that whole area, they still own. 90 percent of that area and those yeah. buildings like you you walk from the grand canal stop and mm -hmm. all around that area you might have little buildings set up and little boardroom setups yeah. across you know like I remember, the, the, the new bowl of mills uh, development you have you know amazon amazon have a huge 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 uh, uh work on salesforce so, you know so there's linkedin they're all going ahead and they're all going um so, no, I don't. Uh, I think that panic has, has passed. Yes, it's going to be a different, uh, a different environment. But uh, I, I did see actually some interesting piece that was in the Irish Times yesterday about you know could we use some of those properties and convert them back into residential? Uh, I'd say it'd be a tall enough order, but um, you know it, it might happen. Well, I, I think the interesting one I think I read either today or yesterday was that there was plans for a hotel in Capel Street, and they they said there was too many hotels so in in Dublin, so they they refused that. So, yeah, interesting times of what Dublin mm. City is going to look like in the next. No, I look. I mean, cities, uh, you know, cities always change. Um, I think that there will be a lot of positive outcomes from from COVID. Um, a lot of industries will. So for, I mean, you mentioned the, the event industry there earlier and, and, and AB Hire and, uh, I mean, we've seen a couple of companies fall, fall there, friends of ours, et cetera, and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to see that. Well, um, we don't even need to name no, the companies, but like no. some, some of the companies have really adapted to survive. Some mm -hmm. have just gone, right, what do we need that everyone or our customers are looking for? And it's virtual environments and them, them setting up yeah rooms where that's true tv do. studios and yeah yeah and and renting out spaces that you would think are currently vacant because no one's going to them you know so adapt or survive after yeah and and, and great. whether there's a long-term plan for that i don't know maybe maybe there is maybe there isn't um do you have you found that the installs and what your customers have been asking you for has changed in the past year or so because of what's going on. There's been a lot of rethink, um, you know, and I, 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 a lot of, I suppose, a lot of contracts have been paused a little bit to, to rethink the, um, I see the, 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 the term reimagined being used a bit. Um, but that said, there has not been any major change to the big projects we're working on. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mentioning them by name, but um, small changes, but not not major. I think everyone is still expecting expecting that we will get back and we will get back to work in the next in the next twelve months at least. Um, 
so I suppose, yes, with the universities, et cetera, we got a lot, I mean, we got a lot of work at the end of the summer last year. Uh, in fairness to Les, he, uh, he, he pulled the cat out of the bag with all the lads to deliver that because it all came in the last month and had to be done for the first semester. We've seen a lot of that. We've seen a lot of sales of peripherals uh, at one stage there, you know, like headsets oh, look, and If we all knew that, that this was coming down, oh, I yeah. would actually bought out a couple of containers and filled them with headphones and oh, keyboards, yeah. mics and everything. You couldn't get them. Well, funny, we, we, got a, we got a request in for, I think, something like 2,000 um, uh, monitor stands because when the monitors had come in into their building, they put them on, mon on you know, desk, desk arms and threw away the... So rather, they didn't want to buy new monitors, but they were buying the stand so they could use the monitors from the building. Right, yeah. You know, you multiply that out, that's, that's a fair yeah. real cost. It's a fair chunk of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So there were some interesting things. Um, we've seen a lot of stuff around space analytics now, um, you know, measuring how many people are in the building. Um, we did start looking, I remember at the start of it, you know, the temperature, temperature reading, etc. I shied away from it pretty quick because I didn't think it was very exact science. I think it you know, had the potential to, uh, you know, just breach people's privacy. And, you know, I, I didn't like it, um, but you do see it a lot. Um, but we've seen enough, we have done bits, bits with space analytics now, counting people in buildings that, um, and actually getting to know where they are. And, and I think that will always be required going forward now because people want to know, um, you know, is, is the place safe from each queen? Is it too many people? And then for emergency reasons, etc., it's great to know where people are in the building and in the, in the event of an emergency. So, and um, those kind of things are the big change. But I think, I think the move, I suppose, what was great for our industry was it was instant digital transformation. I mean, it people was. who never used Teams were suddenly, you know, had no options. So, uh, as, as I said to a couple of AV professionals now, all of a sudden I was the smartest guy in the room, <laughs> you know, because who knows how to do Zoom? Yes, I've been using yeah. it since my its infancy, you know. Okay, Justin, you can show the rest of them how to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, 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 has to be, that has to be positive for industry. But I think more and more the smarter, the buildings are getting smarter, smarter, smarter. And with that, uh, they require better, better kind of ma management systems, and uh, you know this, 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 you know, just tying all that information together, whether it's with the the Hayward's Happy platform or whether it's with, um, you know, some of the bigger companies have their own platform that they, they need to integrate it into, and uh, there's a lot, a lot of speciality work on that. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, programming, a lot of um, a lot of software engineering involved in that. So yeah, that's that's probably the biggest change. I, I guess with HearWorks and the McKeown Group, it's so fundamentally sound over the years because you haven't really needed to branch out and get subcontractors. You have every piece of the pie there. You have the installation. You have the electrical engineers. We're very lucky, you know, particularly on the on the electric. You know, when when you know if if you're stretched, that you have you have those extra resources. Particularly as well now as we start looking at smart buildings, to have the expertise of the mechanical and the electrical, uh, electrical guys there, and the engineers and 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 the, and the managers there, to just guide us on what the best practices is, it's 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 very lucky. Um, the interesting thing is, we've very little overlap 
Um, we do have some some uh, some customers that overlap, but uh, the, the the two brand the two brands actually customers are very different, um, which, which which is interesting. Um, probably the exception of DCU, the big big uh, big customer of both the construction and, and heroes. But aside from that, very very different uh, set of customers. So it is brilliant to you know to be sitting in, in a in a meeting with HeroWorks and. Uh, you know, to be talking about integration, integration with BMS system or, or a, you know, a solar voltaic system, and be able to just pick up the phone and say, "Listen, we've come across this problem before. Yeah, here's the guy to talk to." So, you know, it is that's that's a great advantage. Yeah. Well, I, I've seen it as well, in especially in in the higher ed and the third level end of things. When things go off to tender, you could have three different companies coming into tender, and then because due to go spike price. Then all of a sudden, because it's a different company that installed it in day one, overlapping with another upgrade to the system, and then all of a sudden you have different pieces of equipment, different, you know, you don't have a standard fully yeah. across the campus. I've seen that a lot. Yeah, and look, you know, public procurement is the, you know, as I say, we do we we, we do a lot a lot with it, but in many ways that. Their hands are hands are tied there, um. But uh, yeah, you, you do. Sometimes you just have to walk away. Like I mean, we will not get we will not fight with with this, with the stupid money. But, you know, it's, it's just not worth it. It takes you never do a job right at that at that at that. Yeah. So to, um, yeah, we'd be competitive. Um, but you know, sometimes you just gotta walk away. Yeah. So have you ever thought? I know you say about your networking background. Have you ever thought of doing more with the VIX, uh, doing your CTS qualifications or anything like that, or as any of your team? Uh, do more with CTS? Uh, yes, yeah, CTS. I think yeah. most, of our, most of our lads are, are, are CTS. Um, I actually meant to sit the exam during the year and never got around to it. So because, because exam exam centers are closed at the moment. So, so <laughs> yeah. I funny I, I was over in Infocom last year and uh, I just missed the boat actually going and sit it. So I'd love to sit it just to just to satisfy myself at this stage. But uh, no most of the most of the lads have varying degrees of the of, of uh, the weeks of qualifications. Obviously um but uh, I think I'm I'm more of a CC, CCNA man myself. Um, of course, yeah, yeah. Back, back, and... back, back in the past, yeah. But uh, know, I have to say we do do a lot of the we do a lot of uh, leaning on on the VIX standards, etc. I have to say it's great great organisation to have uh, to have uh, to have behind us, and uh, actually it's been very engaged through the um, through the pandemic as well. Um, and I have the community as a whole, and um, we're members of USAV as well, which is kind of a global global alliance of um, of uh, audiovisual com companies. And it's great to see that international camaraderie and, and see what's going on in in in, in other country in other countries. Um, so yeah, no, I have to say. Have so do you go to Infocom? Do you go to Infocom all the time? I was only at Infocom once. Okay. Uh, I was there. Uh, Vegas or Florida? Florida. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, I would have gone last year, but <laughs> it didn't happen. 
I, I, I keep on hearing that like it's it's interesting when I I do these questions with with some of the American AV professionals, like some like Vegas, some like Florida. So I always usually throw out that question of Vegas or Florida. And Vegas has the parties apparently. Florida. Yeah, I know. It's all I'm told. Uh, I funny, I went I went we had a number of uh, had a number of meetings to attend. Uh, was the reason I went over and uh I remember going, geez, no, I wish it was in Vegas. <laughs> but, yeah. I've never been to Vegas, actually. So there you no, go. me neither. And and I think that once once everyone's vaccinated and back in order, I, I think I'll just set up a GoFundMe page or something like that. I'll just get over to Vegas and just experience Infocom in, in that. Yeah. I, I'm going to throw some, I'll find, finish off the, the interview with some quick fire questions. And usually I ask, one, think of one moment as in your career background, I can't just say audiovisual, but career background where shit has hit the fan and how did you deal with it? It sounds like an interview question, I know. Mm. <laughs> but like, you know, you, you, we all had those moments where the sweat beads are running down our... our, our... Oh, not at all, just I have to say, no, we're, we're a very organised organisation. All, all through my life, shit has never hit the fan. No, I'm only, I'm only joking. Um, God. And I, I guess great fun when shit hits the fan and you're working with siblings. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to think of an example now. Um, you put me on the spot here now. You, could, you should have given me a heads up about this. Talk, talk I know, I like throwing this question at people. Yeah, and I'll try, I'll try and keep it AV related. Um, no, I, uh, I'm, I'm really struggling here. Go on, give me the next question. I'll try, I'll try and think, drink and ask you that. Well, what what's where does the future lie with Hearworks? Where where would you like to see the the brand? I, I suppose international is huge for us, uh, and we have we have the backbone of Enterprise Ireland now as well. So we have the the, the R and D grant um, for them to help us with the the Hearworks happiness happiness platform. So I would like to see that built out, and I see more and more. I suppose the smart, um, fully integrated building being our future. Uh, in a way, you know, what we've seen in the last couple of years is that, you know, that the, the audiovisual market has got a lot, a lot more competitive. Um, you have a lot more standards coming in with the likes of team, team rooms and, and, and Zoom rooms and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's, it's easier to, it's, it's more accessible for, for people to install that, that type, type of equipment. So I suppose we're looking at, you know, what's next, what's cutting edge. We're looking at the, you know, being the master systems integrator, and also looking at building another happiness platform. Um, so I think that's an international. Um, so yeah, that's that, that, that would be. If we were to look ahead, I'd say on our five-year horizon, yeah, that that's I, I would like to be an established international brand. Yeah. Sounds great, but what advice do you give for people that's trying to enter into the industry? Um, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to say, look, I, I, lo I love it. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I mean I'm, I'm, a, I'm a geek at heart. Um, and and I, of course, I love shiny things. So that's the, you know, and, and, and new things. So, you know, the appeal of Crestron and, and be beautiful installations is, is great. But um, no, I think, I think one thing our, our industry is missing is, is, a, um, is, is, a, is a proper education route into it, like a, a an apprenticeship, we would take a lot of uh, electrical apprentices in 
uh, and we give them electrical apprentices to train them in, in, in the audiovisual and te uh, technology side of things, obviously get them through their CTS and their VITSA courses and the manufacturing uh, factors courses. But we have toyed with kind of um, working with um, a university or a, an institute of technology to develop an entry in, in, into the industry because there is a, like, we have a good pipeline of stuff coming up and, you know, there's a limit. You nearly know everyone in the industry, you know, as you know, you know all your competitors, you know who's worked, you know who's moved here, you know who's moved there. Very small. Um, it's a very small, tight community. Uh, it's only going to get more technical. When you see the likes of, of the smart buildings, etc. Um, it's getting more technical and technical. So, you know, our, our go-to now is more the kind of software engineering courses to recruit from them. Um, it'd be nice to have, it'd be nice to have a dedicated, you know, smart building course or audiovisual course that, that you had a, a supply of people coming out of it. So yeah, my advice to people would be, yeah, <laughs> come and talk to us because there's uh, plenty of opportunities and I love it. So yeah, I'd, I'd encourage anyone. Anyway. Well, I think if you hit a, a big, Taboo type of question is yes. ABIT or is a it is now it's well I mean look, is ABIT it's all about converged networks so yes they have to they have to be part and parcel um you know people have in their heads you know IT is you know desktop computers and whatever um but in reality it's all one converged network and security is paramount um. So yes, it's a converged network. I wouldn't call it IT. I wouldn't call it uh, uh, AV. I'd call it AV IT. I, 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 I think you've you, you hit the nail on the head that it is a converged network. I, I, I keep on going back that even from the old days of when I worked with PwC, you know, I don't understand 100% networking. The networking team doesn't understand 100% the sound and visuals mm -hmm. of AV and twisting mm -hmm. knobs, just like I want to understand all the packets that's going through. But slowly but surely with different exams and whatever I do. But like, you know, it's it's that type of separation where we converge, we talk to each other. I, th I guess with HearWorks, very closely, <laughs> you talk to each other. And you've mm -hmm. seen it through through your career that you've, you know, you've, you've overlapped both ends of the, the scale with regards to yeah and then look as i say i think that was that, that was our strength early on i think everyone else is caught up with it at, at this stage to be honest um but i mean there's very different di disciplines in there for sure i mean you mentioned you mentioned sound i mean sound engineering is still yeah you know is miles away from you know a question programmer and um, yeah. you know uh somebody programming the DSP as a lot different from a, you know, someone pro, uh, configuring an Ethernet switch. So there's different, there's different uh, disciplines within it, but gone are the days when IT won't speak to AV and there used to be a lot of that, 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 you know, IT guys, particularly in large organizations, hated to see the AV guys come and go, why are they going to put in our network? You know, what, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, it's going to be multicast and it's going to pull down all our switches and whatever. So. Definitely. I'm still trying. I'm still trying to think of a, 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 a shit hit the fan moment. I mean, there's always been tight deadlines. I mean, I think that's that's probably and particularly at the moment. But the, uh, 
construction programs have got tighter and tighter and tighter and um, AV by its nature is the last man standing. You have to have a clean site, you have to have, and generally our friends that, 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 you know, that, that are putting the networking switches are just as, are at the end as well. So we can't configure our device until the network is live. And so, um, yeah, I think that's probably the, the the, the common occurrence, but, uh, but again, fairness, we've never missed the deadline, so I, I, uh, I can't say be, the shit hit the fan. It must be great to have 90% of that team involved between HearWorks and the McKeown Group, where you're not relying on people outside of your company per se, you're not, not, not as much, where you can do out a project plan and go, right, okay. Has has the building has the wall been built? Yes, tick. Has you know has the cable been run? Tick. Yeah, well, I, I, as you say, I mean, generally we're not. Generally, here we're we'll doing work on the ground group uh, for for the construction arm of things. We're generally working with with uh, you know under under a main contractor, be it walls or structure tone or Mac or uh, whoever that be, or direct for the client itself. So we we're generally working with the with the third party anyway. Um, I suppose the advantage really comes is that project management is in our DNA. That we understand the pressures. We understand the we talk the same language as the main contractor, as the electrical contractor. As the, but in reality, we're rare, I mean, and that's the interesting thing. We're rarely working with with the McKeown side of things. Um, so. What I think the advantage really is that we have the expertise in the background that we can call on, and second of all, we speak the same we speak the same language, um, you know, and we understand that you know, fit out projects are are an evolving thing. You know, you may hit a problem on floor seven, which means you have to jump down to floor five, and you make the most of of your time there. So it's, it's that's that's really where the advantage comes from, yeah. Yeah, like you, you know, and I know, especially when it comes to AV repairs or any type of installations or like that. When you think it's going to be an easy thirty-minute job, it always ends up to be the day-long job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tomas, yeah. If people want to get in contact with you, if people want to network with you, where where can they find you? Yeah, look, easiest is hereworks.ie. Um, or LinkedIn and um, HearWorks, um, and you can uh, you'll find uh, you you can email me direct. My there's a link there for my emails. There's no problem. And uh, just go to the about us there, and people and you'll find us there. So um, easy enough to find us. Well, I I have to say you're one of probably the first guys who couldn't think of a, a moment where shit hit the fan. But <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, I'm uh, I, 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 I know there is one somewhere, but uh, yeah. My thanks to Tomas for joining us on episode 44 of the All Things Techie podcast. I've been Justin Dawson. Thank you so much for listening in. You can subscribe to our podcast. You find us on all the podcast stores. We're also on YouTube. Please hit subscribe there and you won't miss a podcast. And you can also comment, comment at allthingstech.ie. You can find us on um, on our official website, www.allthingstech.ie. Like, comment, share, tell your friends, uh, so, because we have some great competitions coming up in a couple of episodes' time. 
you don't want to miss that. And we are going to keep going with the Irish AV professionals. We have a couple of other Irish AV, AV, AV professionals to talk to in the next couple of shows. So don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. You'll see this little box that's going to pop up on the screen now of how you can subscribe on YouTube as well. Until next time, guys, stay safe and thanks for listening.